the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no thoughts control. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am Headmaster and host Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280, The Patriot. And I am joined in studio once again by our producer of Education Nation and my co-host, Mark Durkin. Good to see you again. It was just like yesterday. I we know. We having this wonderful discussion. That's exactly right. It goes by quickly, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> well, we can all agree that our kids' schools should be safe places where all students can get equality or a quality education. And equality, equality as well, too. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the decade, the St. Paul School District has sought to close the discipline gap between white and minority students. However, the district's chosen initiative for racial equity has produced disastrous results. Student behaviors have only worsened, negatively affecting learning and putting the physical safety of district teachers at peril. And the initiative, which was implemented by the St. Paul School District back in 2011, sought to greatly reduce the suspension rate for black students, which are far more likely to be suspended than white students. Now, equity proponents claim that teachers' racial biases are the primary cause of the discipline gap. And former St. Paul District Superintendent Valeria Silva stated that, quote, defiance, disrespect, and disruption are subjective student behaviors which teachers perceive and punish in discriminatory ways. Mm-hmm. As student behaviors worsened, several teachers took their concerns to the St. Paul Public School Board, the school board, and one of those teachers is Aaron Benner. Benner, an African-American teacher, went to the board several times, spoke out against the school district's racial equity policy that he says was not holding African-American students accountable for behavior issues as opposed to other student groups. And that policy was causing African-American students to act out more. Mr. Benner joins us again in studio to discuss the high price he has paid in speaking out, which has included assault, retaliation, loss of income, and other things as well. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us again our, for yes. the second time on our Education Nation. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. you are. You have been through a lot, and we are very grateful to have you here. Thank you. Well, we're leading off uh, really in an appropriate spot. We finished last week mm-hmm. discussing uh, your uh, attempt to collect data on behaviors that were going on throughout the district and completing behavior referrals and how violent crimes uh really were just being dismissed and weren't showing up in any of the uh, the research that you were trying to hold on to. And so your desire to hold students and the district accountable for assault was unfortunately met with retaliation, assault, and loss of income. And would you share with our listeners the details surrounding an assault that you witnessed in the fall of 2014, and then what happened in the aftermath of that assault? 
Yes, so before the school year 2014-2015 began, uh, then-Superintendent Valeria Silva contacted me, and we met um, several times, just she and I. And she told me, um, never go to the, the press or the media. If I had that urge to always go to her, and she said if I had any problems to always contact her. I believe that was August or that was July and August of 2014. How did you respond to that? To be honest, I had her cell phone number. I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that was okay. I thought that was an sure. olive branch, but sure. mm-hmm. lo and behold, it was uh, sheep and wolf's clothing. Okay. Right. So we have the new school year start, 2014. I'm at Johnny Johnson Elementary, and it's it's chaos every day. Um, um, and you I, described that quite a bit I, last week. Yes, just mm-hmm, chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is cute and sad. Here's a story. So I'm teaching, I think, geography. And at this time, I'm Johnny Johnson. I have uh, primarily black students. And we hear screaming. We hear uh, like a scream, a, a violent scream. You know, you have school sounds, but this was different. Mm-hmm. My black girl said, Mr. Benner, do not go outside in the hall. I go, why not? They're like, Mr. Benner, don't be offended. You're not the biggest man. We don't want you being beat up. And mm-hmm. I, I, we all kind of laugh. I said, no, someone's being assaulted. I go out in the hall, and I see a young African-American boy grab a girl by the throat. She's screaming, and he's, he's sizing her up, and he punches her right in the face. Oh. She's out cold, and she hits the floor. I can still oh. see it slow motion. She hits her head on the, the floor. Boom. Oh. So, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Oh. So the boy runs, and um, I go over to I tend to her. I kind of wake her up, and, I, you know, she's dazed. And uh, it, was, it was one of the most violent things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it was always also witnessed by my TA, my teaching assistant, Sean Kelly, which was very important. Make a long story short, I had my TA go teach my class. As I would take the student, I took her directly to our principal. Yeah. And I told the principal at the time, who was Lisa Grunewald, I said, I just witnessed this child get punched and knocked out for several seconds. And she kind of brushed me off, like, whatever, take it to a nurse. I said, Miss Grunewald, this student was knocked out. Well, we'll take care of it. So I took the girl to the um, nurse's office. That oh, was a Friday afternoon. Woman. Yeah, Friday, that was a Friday afternoon. I thought they took care of it. Now, I taught this young girl's sister the year before, so I still kept my contacts. Sunday, I just happened to call the mom, and I called the mom and said, oh, I'm just checking on your daughter and see if she's okay. And the mother's like, why? Make a l- long story short, no one contacted the mother. No. So I tell the mother. She, I'm s- she had a concussion, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, she, she actually did. And I told the mother, I said, I saw your daughter get punched. and She's like, What? She goes, I picked my daughter up at school late after, early afternoon. I go, I know. I said, didn't the nurse tell you? She goes, no one told me. The nurse, the principal. So she called the principal on Monday and uh, just let her have it. How dare you not call me, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Why am I finds out from Mr. Benner, blah, blah, blah. So the principal comes to me and tells me that I broke con- confidentiality. What? By telling the girl. And I, can you remind me the age of this student? Because I said young woman. It's actually it's a a young girl, elementary. Elementary girl. Yeah. She's 10 years old. Unbelievable. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Now, what people yes. don't realize is that I got the phone number of the young boy who punched her because he's a fourth grade student across the hall. And I called his mother as well. And no one called her. She's mm. like, Mr. Benner, thank you for calling me. I did not raise my young boy to punch women or young girls. Mm-hmm. She says, thank you. She goes, no one called me. I go, I know. Mm. So both parents are upset. Yeah. Now, the young black boy who punched her, he wasn't suspended. Nothing happened because it wasn't reported. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday morning, Monday morning, whatever, I'm told I get an official letter. I have an official an official investigation placed in my file because I broke confidentiality. 
I By said, calling the, the mother. I, mother. I called it. Yeah, they're like, you tell us. And, they, and this is what they try to trick me on. Do you believe it's wrong to give out personal information? I go, yes, but she's the mother. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, it, I mean, and these things, I can laugh now. Right. But the trauma of being, you have your union rep, you have the principal and a district official, and they're just going after me. And I'm like, I thought I committed a crime. Mm-hmm. So I sent emails. I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't agree with this investigation. This can go on my personal file. So I'm fighting this. Yeah. I said, so I said, this is wrong on so many levels. So that was the first investigation, first out of many. Unbelievable. Yeah. Why do you think the girl didn't tell her mom? Do you think she was afraid? She was afraid. Okay. She was afraid. And, and, she, and the girl who was uh, knocked out, she was one of our troubling, challenging students. Mm-hmm. So if she tells her mother, her mother's going to ask, why are you in the halls? Mm-hmm. You know, she, you know, mm-hmm. she, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and, you know, and the, mo- the, the mother thanked me over and over. And then the mother actually took her daughter Sunday after I informed her and the daughter had a concussion. Gosh. So she did bring her to the yeah, doctor. Bring her to the doctor. Yeah. yeah. And like you say, you said on the show last week that. These are, this is breaking the law. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is an assault that happened. Granted, they're only in fourth grade. I'm sure the family, if they had been informed, wouldn't have pressed charges against this fourth grade student. But they need to be aware of what's happening so that they can give their child. What if that child had a bleed in the brain? I totally agree. You know, there could have been so much more that had had happened. Just to keep the numbers low, they were sacrificing the safety of students. Yeah. Yeah. And I just hear everybody just being bound by fear. Yeah. I mean, it's the students in the hallways. It's the uh, employees in the school who have the higher-ups to answer. Like, everybody is paralyzed by fear in all of this. Mm-hmm. Mark has a good point. Mm-hmm. The uh, Valeria Silva, she was known to intimidate. Mm-hmm. She took that intimidation factor. She uh, passed that on to her assistant superintendents that would then pass it on to her principals. And I, I'm born and raised in St. Paul. I wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. That was, and I give that. Mm-hmm. I give the glory to God. You're not going to intimidate me. You're not going to speak to me this way, and you're not going to commit fraud on my watch. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Good for you. Yes. Oh, God definitely used you, Aaron. I agree. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like true, David and Goliath. A true light to shine <laughs> on uh, the darkness that was going on in the school, and I think quite a bit of Moses approaching Pharaoh and your boldness yeah. and braveness <laughs> right. just going before right. uh, administration. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going to skip ahead real quick and just ask this. You know, you mentioned your union a couple of times. What was their uh, action and response in all of this? My union actually was in cahoots with the district. So I had actually five investigations. I didn't know what was going on. So my union would come and say, this letter's going to be placed in your file. And I would ask them to fight it. I'd ask the union lawyer if they were going to represent me. She would say no. It wasn't until spring of 2015 that I said I was going to go public. And my union rep tried as hard as she could for me not to go public. Mm -hmm. To make a long story short, Mark, my union was told by the superintendent and her staff because during that year there was a contract negotiation for teachers and the union was negotiating. I found out from a St. Paul Federation teacher union employee that they heard that if the, if the union didn't quiet me or keep me quiet, there wasn't going to be a good contract for teachers. Mm. <laughs> so all the pieces like, oh, that's yeah. why they're allowing this to happen to me. Then I was told by the then union president, Denise Rodriguez, in June of 2015 she said she was forced to write a statement against me after I appeared on the O'Reilly show. And she was apologetic. And she was with now union president Nick Faber. And I remember when she told me that, the room got real quiet. And I'm thinking she should have never told me that. Mm-hmm. She's like, Aaron, I have to apologize that, you know, 
the district told me to write a, a statement against you. And I didn't know what, you know, I'm caught in between two places. Blah, blah, blah. I want to support teachers, but listen to the district. And I'm thinking, you should have never, ever told me that. Mm-hmm. And if I had the time and energy, I would be suing the St. Paul Federation of Teachers mm-hmm. for their lack of representation. Mm-hmm. And many people, I have to say this, people always want to congratulate me on my courage and what happened to me. I'm just one of many teachers who were forced out of St. Paul schools. Mm. There's a playbook in St. Paul School District. You know what? We don't like you. We're just going to paper your file, and we're going to talk to your union. We're going to tell your union to counsel you to resign. Mm. I've heard all this. So I don't want people thinking I'm some great hero because I didn't know what was going on, but there are many teachers that took their union's advice. And if I would have took my union's advice, I would have pleaded to some of those investigations that weren't true. Mm. And that's what they wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. So my union... Sucked, if I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be blunt about Just the whole blunt, matter, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and this is the thing, too. You know, this this right here began a series of investigations, and you've, you've talked about one of them right now. And, and, then, and then came retaliation for your complaints to the school board concerning these these policies. Take a few moments just to discuss the specifics concerning these additional investigations, if you would. So I just settled my lawsuit last month and my lawyer discovered and we were going to bring in court that there was an email that Superintendent Silva sent in September of 2014 and the email said, went out to administrators and it said, remember what we discussed about Ben or continue to implement what we discussed. So when I look back at this, I knew whenever I did a referral on a behavior situation, the school Saint, the excuse me, the school district told the administrators, take Benner's words and twist it and make sure he, there's an investigation. Mm. And I had that in my gut feeling, but I, I couldn't put my finger on it. So I'm like, okay, I witnessed a girl get knocked out. I'm investigated. The right. next investigation was crazy. Do you want me to go yeah, into that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a parent of a student who she tells me her son's getting bullied and he, he respects me so much, but he won't tell me who the bully is because the bully's a girl. Mm. And he's afraid that Mr. Benner's not going to like me. And I'm like... I gotta find out who this bully is. It's not, and she says it's not happening in your classes. Whenever they go to uh, gym, art, whatever. So I have a class discussion. I'm like, um, we're having some violence. If you know of anybody who's getting mistreated, please let me know. A young girl shoots her hand up and she points the bully. She's a bully. I'm like, no, don't do that. So I stop class and I take the young girl out in the hall and I have my TA watch the class. I tell the principal what happened and we identify our bully. Everything's hunky dory, right? Next day, I'm under investigation. I was told I handled the situation wrong, and I escalated the oh situation. Oh, my gosh. And that's oh phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was investigation number two. Wow. Uh, a month later, third investigation. Um, now this is the investigation that really sets the ball rolling. I'll, I'll try to be really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids, I dropped my kids off to art room, and there's a guest teacher. The guest teacher is from West Africa, I think Liberia. I'm not quite sure. As I'm walking the halls, I hear chaos in that room where I just dropped my students off. I check on the teacher. She seems frightened. To make a long story short, one of my students stops me and says, Mr. Benner, there are several kids in here making fun of her being African. They're saying she has Ebola. They're calling her African booty scratcher. I'm like, no. So I stop class. And I ask my class, who's disrespecting this lady? That could be someone's mother. Mm-hmm. Six of my kids raise their hand. They tell me exactly what they said. I call the principal. Unbeknownst to me is that Andrew Collins, the assistant superintendent, is visiting our school. And he comes to the classroom with the principal. And I tell them what happened. I give them the six kids. The six kids write, a re- write their names on a referral. They write apologies, blah, blah, blah. That referral was never entered into Swiss data. Mm-hmm. How do I know that? I asked for the data during parent-teacher conferences. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. When Andrew Collins was asked about that, he said, uh, we decided it didn't exist. It, it, it didn't turn out the way you said it happened. I go, my kids apologized to the principal, I mean, right. to the teacher, and we talked about Ebola, and my kids actually made her Christmas cards, and they hugged her. Well, and that's when I knew, okay, this is beyond. Mm-hmm. Any, so I knew this was really big. If they're throwing away my data, they must right. be throwing away a lot of people's data. Exactly. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the 2014-15 school year, you decided to leave the St. Paul School District, and soon thereafter, you filed a charge with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission of Discrimination and Harassment, claiming the school district discriminated against you based on race and retaliation, violating Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. What were the findings from the City of St. Paul Human Rights Department? The Human Rights Department investigated for one and a half years on my case. People don't mm. realize that. Uh, one and a half years, and they came back with a ruling of probable, call, probable cause in my favor. Uh, many people are still perplexed with the um, race discrimination. I was one of two African-American teachers in Johnny Johnson, but I was the only African-American male teacher. Mm-hmm. And this is where it gets really uh, interesting. I had five investigations in one year. I could prove that other teachers should have been investigated as well. So there was a situation where where a white teacher made fun of an Asian student. She was having a bad day and just asked the class to take a vote and said, "Let's just should we have so and so out of the classroom?" And the kids all voted, and the kid cried and ran out. Oh my gosh! I know it's terrible. It's it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. A TA witnessed that and told me and said, "Um, I saw this, and I'm telling you that Lisa Grunewald did nothing." So I told the EEOC, and they found out. How do you get five investigations for the most frivolous things? So they charged Lisa Grunewald, the principal, with race discrimination. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think she's racist? I don't know. But, hey, this is you're taking your orders from Silva mm-hmm. and Andrew Collins. We'll play this out in court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what should have happened after the EEOC came back with a probable cause, St. Paul should have sat down with me and either offered my job back with a promotion or gave me a settlement. They were so arrogant that they're like, nah, file a lawsuit. Oh. Now, anybody knows, once you have a human rights probable cause, you usually that's like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, like, lawyers lining up. I had lawyers like, what? I'm like, I need a lawyer. They're like, oh, this is this is at least 100000 So that's what happened. They mm-hmm. they hated me so much. They're like, nah, they called my bluff. Unbelievable. So what do you think is going to happen? So I have an EEOC rule in my favor. You think I'm just going to walk away from it? Right. So that's how it happened. Yeah, that's good for you. Yeah, thank you. Good for you to call their bluff. Yes, thank you. And, and despite the city's findings, too, now, the St. Paul Human Rights Department arranged a meeting between you and the district to resolve the issue. And what were you hoping to receive from the meeting, and how did the district respond to the arranged meeting? I had high hopes. I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking, okay, we have a meeting. They're going to offer uh, some money for pain and suffering. They called back and said there's no need for a meeting, hmm. point blank. Hmm. I'll never forget that. So I'm, I'm thinking, I told my girlfriend at that time who became my wife, I'm like, honey, we're going to get a house. You know, she's like, <laughs> yeah. she's like, St. Paul hates you. Mm-hmm. They would, they would rather it, they would rather go to trial and lose. I'm like, well, if that, if that's the case, we're going to do that. Yeah. And she was right. Mm-hmm. She was right. Yeah. yeah. And were they that arrogant that they really thought they would win somehow? You know, Rebecca, that's a great question. The trial was supposed to be October 7th. And we settled September 3rd. Mm. And there's something called um, discovery during a mm-hmm. trial. And I have to thank my lawyer, Ashwin Medea. He had contacted students from all the previous years. I worked parents. Silva had her three principals that I worked with who, would, who were 
going to go on stand and say bad things about me, but there's nothing in my personal file. And I'll be honest with you. I want to make your, your listeners understand this. To this day, that hurts me. Mm-hmm. I busted my butt for St. Paul's schools. Mm-hmm. Was I the best teacher? Not at all. But they seem to, for, to have forgotten that I was nominated for teacher of the year in 2007. Mm-hmm. So I have a little plaque at home. So all of a sudden, I start criticizing these racial equity policies, and I turn into a bad teacher. My lawyer discovered they wrote things that he shows movies all day. And I said, well, if I'm a bad teacher, you would put me on an improvement plan. I was never on an improvement plan. Right. So it, it, that hurt even to this day. I know I want to be forgiving, but just because I disagree with your racial equity policy, yeah. you're going to try to spin the narrative that I was a bad teacher. Right. right. Yet you're throwing every kid from every grade in my room because not because I'm a black teacher, because you're the teacher that kids respect. Mm-hmm. You know, I had students who are now former students who are now 30 years old who said, Mr. Benner taught me how to leave a tip. Till this day, I know how to take the decimal and go 10 percent times by two for 20. Yeah. Um, and they're wow. willing to testify. But yeah. I don't mind people having a different opinion on race. I am not an expert on race whatsoever. I want to have a conversation. But to attack my integrity and attack what I thought was a calling right. and try to spread lies, that's why I wanted to go to trial. Mm-hmm. It was never about the money. Yeah. Never. Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah. I'm just happy it's it's done and over. But I wouldn't if we had to go to trial, we were going to go to trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, kind of jumping back to that time with district officials making the choice not to show up to the conciliation meeting, can you tell us about the components of the lawsuit you would then go ahead and file? The components of the lawsuit, um, there were several components, and a lot of it was legalese, I like to say. I think there was a, I was an official whistleblower. There was the racial discrimination and the retaliation components. I know the judge threw out um, freedom of speech. There was a part of freedom of speech that we, were, we, my lawyer and I, were trying to get, but I guess they were trying. We were trying to sue Lisa Grunwald because she attacked my freedom of speech. But the judge mm-hmm. threw it out. I didn't mind. The judge had everything right with all the um, the judgments before the trial. Mm-hmm. I agree with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good. And would you say that it was worth your time and energy to go forward with that? Yes, I would yeah. do it again in a heartbeat. Um, I learned so much about myself. And actually, I was on. A, I believe God had me go through this for a spiritual journey. You mentioned David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. And I put everything in God's hands. The first time I addressed the school board, I had to write a two-minute speech, and I had nothing. And I I was sitting at my kitchen table, and I was like, Lord, help me. And that speech came out perfectly. And I remember reading the speech, and the light went off after I finished. I was like, oh, God is in control. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even with this, what, I, what I'm doing now, I always ask God, let me be humble. Yeah. Let me not be arrogant. I'm grateful for everything God has given me, and I'm still learning you know, like I said, I don't know everything about race relations, but I know when I hear the word equity, I think of equal. Right. I don't think of equal outcomes. Right. right. Social justice activists have kind of hijacked the word equity and now it's mm-hmm. equal outcomes. Mm-hmm. Social justice activists now have taken the word racism and they say people of color can't be racist. I come from a different time period. I'm going to have to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, so. And the sad mm-hmm. fact is that there isn't equal outcome. There's more unequal outcome with these racial equity policies than exactly there was right. before. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Sad. Aaron, do you believe the recent uptick in youth violence in St. Paul could possibly be traced to the lenient behavior standards implemented by uh, St. Paul Public Schools? I think so. Um, I believe that Pacific Educational Group has its tentacles deeply rooted in St. Paul. It started with the St. Paul schools, and now it's in our courts. Um, I believe the former mayor of St. Paul, Chris Coleman, uh, brought Pacific Educational Group, and he wanted to be the so-called white savior. And you are now seeing um, this PEG-esque stuff all around. Yeah. Um, it's hard, and I don't. I, 
I would say yes. The, the, the youth in St. Paul, some of our youth, have no fear of punishment from police or anybody. Sure. Mm-hmm. And if you can get away with violence in school, why not mm-hmm. try it on the light rail or in the public? Yeah. And if you commit a crime and the judge might give you a slap on the wrist and you're back out for shooting somebody a year ago, you know, so I, I do think there's a correlation. Mm-hmm. I really do think there's a correlation. What changes would you like to see come to fruition in public education? Oh, so I'm in graduate school right now at the University of St. Thomas. Okay. Good. And I'm in school to be a principal. I have oh, about six months left. Mm-hmm. I want to revolutionize the role of a principal. Mm-hmm. I've worked in so many schools and I've worked with so many principals that, and I've worked with some good principals, mm-hmm. but your principal needs to be your instructional leader, not somebody who sits in the office and dresses nice and walks around and talks to parents. You need to get your butt in the classroom. And help a struggling teacher. Show your entire staff what it's like to be the instructional leader. Now, if you never taught before, and so, and we have many principals in St. Paul and some school districts who never taught in their principals, you're not credible. And teach, as teachers, we talk about that. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me how to do my job if you've never done it before. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't mean to talk about Andrew Collins again, the assistant superintendent. Never had a teaching license in Minnesota, but he's an assistant superintendent. How's that happen? Mm-hmm. But I want to be a principal. I, I kind of think of um, Frank Robinson was the last player coach for the Baltimore Orioles. Yes. I want to be a player coach. I want to be a teacher and a principal. Mm-hmm. How does that look like? I don't know, but I want to revolutionize that role. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you miss being a teacher, but there's obviously plans in the future to <laughs> yes. combine the two. So. Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I do miss being a teacher. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. It sounds like you were an excellent teacher, and the students Thank you. really respected you and Thank learned you. a lot in your classroom. And I learned a lot from them as well. Yeah. yeah. So what changes would you like to see come to fruition in public education in general? I would like to see the public ask the legislature, yeah. their um, people who represent them, where do our tax dollars go? Mm-hmm. Every dollar. So when you're voting for these tax levies, yeah. I tell people all the time, when I worked in St. Paul, we had money for everything. You had smart boards. We had the technology. But the money goes to administrative salaries. Mm. You have an assistant to an assistant who will take his dry cleaner. I'm not being facetious here. <laughs> but no, those dollars need to be in the classroom. So if we're having an uptick in violence, how about you hire a couple of extra teaching assistants? Mm-hmm. St. Paul just, I believe, hired 30 instructional leaders that are making 115000 a year, and they have no one-on-one contact with teachers, I mean with students. Mm-hmm. No, really? eliminate those positions and work with teachers. That's what I'd like to see to come yeah. to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really appalling yes. uh, what is happening in our in our public schools. So where do you see yourself, Aaron, in 10 years? 10 years, I would love to be a superintendent somewhere. All right. A superintendent who still teaches. Yeah, you know, I love it. Um, I, I'm working with Dr. Lovett at the University of St. Thomas, and he's a former superintendent, I believe, of White Bear Lake. And he, he tells us how he used to go to every school and work with um, teachers. And I remember my eyes just lit up a couple weeks ago, and I was like, this is the guy I've been waiting to learn from. Yeah. He's not sitting in his office. He is out and about. So yeah. I just give a nice shout-out to Dr. Lovett. I mm-hmm. want to be a superintendent like him one day, and I still want to be able to teach. Yeah. I love it. And you know what? I can give a shout-out to Dr. Lovett as well because he is also mentoring me. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> I have world. so much admiration for him. I do, too. So, Small world. Um, yeah, I I think that you are on the right track to take some good advice from him. Thank you. Absolutely. And he will help you become the best you can possibly be. And, you know, just listening to your testimony over the last two weeks, I mean, God is going to take what was truly meant for evil against you and for those that were in the district. 
He's going to use it for good in your life. Mm, thank he, you. He is preparing you and using all of these experiences and the passion that is so obvious that is on you and is moving through you. He's going to do wonderful things through you in your new role when you finish up school. So we, we, we look forward to seeing what God does through it. Thank you. And I, it was a blessing to be here. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, Aaron, for joining us last week and again this week to share your story. And uh, for all of our listeners, I want to thank you as well. And if you want to hear this podcast or any other podcast, go to ednationmn.org, ednationmn.org. And thank you, Mark, once again. Always a pleasure. For a thank great you, show. Rebecca. Have a good night.